On September 11th, 2001, our American way of life was attacked. Everyone remembers where they were that day and how their lives changed from that moment on. The American Legion is committed to honoring the memories of those we lost on 9-11 and in the global war on terrorism that followed. As part of that commitment, the American Legion Tango Alpha Lima podcast presents a special series, 9-11-2020. 20 episodes in the 20 days leading up to the 20th anniversary of the attacks that changed the world. Each of the 20 guests delivers a unique first-hand perspective on 9-11 and our nation's response. Here is one of those remarkable stories. All right, on today's special edition of Tango Alpha Lima, we continue with our series on the 20th anniversary of 9-11. And we're joined today by David Whalen, who was born in Trenton, New Jersey, and graduated from Trenton State College in 1968 with a BA in industrial education. He enlisted in the Army in November 1968, graduated from OCS in October of 69, and served as a platoon leader and executive officer in a Pershing Missile Battalion in Heilbronn, Germany. In 1973, he joined the U.S. Army Reserve and retired as a lieutenant colonel in 1997. His civilian career began in New Jersey in 1973, and he retired in 2012 after working for companies such as Sun Chemical, Frito-Lay, Borden Snacks, and Hearts. Uh, Wayland is married with uh, three sons and three grandchildren and is a 25-year member of American Legion Post 504 in Jackson, New Jersey. Now, the reason he's joining us today is Dave's cousin by marriage was Richard Guadagno, who was a, did I, oh, I, Guadagno, yeah, who was a passenger on Flight 93. While the family never will know what happened on the plane that day, they have no doubt Richard was working with other passengers to take action, and they work with the Friends of Flight 93 National Memorial to ensure that America never forgets the nearly 3,000 people who died that day. So, Dave, first of all, thank you so much for joining us, and... Uh, we appreciate you taking time out of your day to join us. Oh, thank you. Thank you. What, tell, us, uh, tell us a little bit more about Richard. Richard. Uh, I've, uh, I knew Richard from way back in 1965 when uh, my wife and I first started dating when, we, when I started college. And uh, Richard was a little guy then. Uh, he and his sister, very close to his sister, Lori. And he just was a, a, a bundle of joy, a happy little guy, always running around in the yard, uh, older than his years. He, you know, he talked to the neighbors about gardening and he had hot houses and he was doing all kinds of things. He was, he was destined to become someone who enjoyed life in the outdoors, which of course is where he found his career ultimately with fishing game service. Uh, he was uh, really just a, a very interesting young man. When he got older, uh, my, my two sons knew him. My oldest son still has a rock, a river rock that uh, Richard gave him that came from the Delaware River near New Jersey. Uh, who keeps a rock? But he, uh, he has the rock. Uh, when we would visit them, visit Carol's aunt and uncle, Richard wasn't there then. He was, you know, either in school or, or working, but his, his room was set up. You'd think he had just left it yesterday. And uh, the, the boys enjoyed just looking at his things. Uh, the one very fond memory I have of Richard is uh, when we were living in Pennsylvania uh, the first time, uh, <laughs> David was working on a, an earth science project and he needed a meadow vole. And a meadow vole to me is a mouse. But meadow vole is a special kind. And, and Richard captured a meadow vole, 
for David, and uh, David used that in his experiment, and then the metal bowl died, and we, we couldn't continue the experiment, so Richard got a second metal bowl, and he drove from New Jersey, we drove from Pennsylvania, we meted halfway at a rest stop on I-80, transferred the, the vole, the vole lived out the rest of the experiment, and then we, my son and I uh, found a, a suitable spot to let the vole go so we could live and breathe, and uh, <laughs> we didn't kill it, it just, it went away. But that was the kind of person Richard was. Uh, we, my wife and I visited Richard when he was uh, stationed at, uh, I may get this wrong, but the Dells in, uh, in Oregon, another uh, uh, park that he was involved with. And we, we went to dinner in downtown Portland and Richard uh, was just thrilled that we would take him to dinner. Uh, he, was, he was buying, he, he was gonna buy, and he was all set except he forgot his wallet. So we bought dinner and he was very, very happy that we did that. But he was just a, just a wonderful, wonderful young man very close to his family, his parents, his sister. Uh, he was living in California when he died. Uh, he was becoming the, uh, the manager for that particular um, site, if you will. I think it's called Humboldt Bay. And uh, Richard had been back in New Jersey to participate in his grandmother's 100th birthday. And he did. Uh, we were unable to make that event. We were living in Ohio then. And he took many, many pictures. And when he flew home on that fated, ill-fated flight, he had his camera. He had uh, a lot of things that were found later. His camera, by the way, was, was found in the wreckage. Don't ask me how, but it was found. And they not only found the camera, they developed some pictures. And those, uh, some of those pictures and the camera were, were on display at the 9-11 Memorial in New York. Uh, as I recounted, uh, we, we firmly believe that Richard, Richard was involved. I think every passenger was involved in a different way. The, uh... I'm sorry. Oh, you're perfectly fine, sir. Uh, we believe every passenger was involved as well as the crew as best they could. Uh, when the plane crashed, as uh, we were told when we visited in 2002, the plane was traveling at over 500 miles an hour. It was upside down. No one suffered. However, we can only surmise what suffering they went through during the time the plane was flying. Uh, it's interesting that the plane flew to Cleveland and made a U-turn and uh, came back. I was in Cleveland at the time. I was a plant manager there and uh, we were trying to keep up with what was going on. Just as an aside, uh, I did not know anything happened to Richard until late that evening when my sister-in-law called me. The, the passengers, we know the passengers were involved. Uh, Richard was carrying his wallet and his badge. He did not have his weapon. Uh, he was carrying his wallet with his, his badge. And the following spring, 
an FBI agent found his wallet at the base of a tree. And his father now has his badge on display at his home in Florida. Uh, I just can't overstate what a great guy he was. Great young man. Uh, he had uh, many, many talents. He, you know, people have called him a Renaissance man. He, you know, he dabbled in stained glass. He did uh, mineral collecting and did uh, rock polishing and, of course, gardening. He gardened everywhere he was. Uh, the uh, he played the guitar. Taught himself how to play the guitar. And made his own guitar that his father still has. Uh, just, just an amazing man. And he, he was at his best when he was in the outdoors. He, he loved the outdoors. He worked very hard. Uh, we viewed a couple videos of him showing us, uh, you know, showing people a, uh, I, I, I some kind of waterworks he put together for the, the Humboldt Bay, or maybe it was a different, uh, different area. I'm not sure where, but he was constantly working, working very hard and did everything he could to make sure that uh, the, you know, nature was preserved, the animals were preserved. Uh, his sister is an artist. Uh, uh, and we have uh, a deer skull that Richard found. Richard would, you know, walking through the woods and he walked all the time, he would find different skulls where animals had died naturally. And we have a, a skull right now uh, in our family room that was painted by Richard. Uh, it's beautiful. Uh, it's unlike anything else you're ever going to see. And uh, never never fails to elicit a question when somebody comes into our family room and says, you know, is that really a deer skull? And uh, we we only got one of the small ones. There was a couple of really big ones, but uh, it, he, he went too soon. He went too soon. Wow, this is this is great because it gives us perspective we haven't had on our 9-11 stories before. So I uh, really appreciate you taking time. Ashley, why don't you go ahead with the first question? Absolutely. Uh, David, thanks for, thanks for being on here. And, you know, I, I think for, for many of us, you know, we go through so many different emotions as we look back on this 20 year anniversary, right? Commemoration of the folks that we've lost and uh, you know a lot of a lot of people didn't know what was going on that day and that that seemed just like a very constant theme with all the different interviews we've done and to hear you were in Cleveland as a fellow Ohioan that's you know where I grew up and to know that that's where the U-turn took place and to know that that plane was headed towards the U.S. Capitol and was averted to know that you know Richard was a part of you know, the efforts to avert that could have been an additional just blow to the United States of America. I mean, that's, it's, it's tough. It's hard. And I know that there are not a lot of words other than continuing to say their names and remember them. And I wanted to know a little bit more about the Friends of Flight 93 National Memorial and your work or continuation and support of this memorial to ensure that those are never, um, those folks are never forgotten? Well, my, my wife and I have been to Shanksville numerous times, not every year because we were living out of state here, there, and everywhere. Uh, but we've been there many times. We saw it uh, 
very soon after the crash where you would have to ask yourself, what happened here? Um, you know, the, there was a pile of wood chips, a big pile of wood chips. Uh, there were, you know, a, you know, kind of a makeshift fence around it. Uh, and to see what it is now with the wildflowers growing, uh, the sacred ground, as we call it, only opened up to the, uh, only opened up routinely through the main gate uh, next to the Wall of Heroes. Uh, it's only opened up on 9-11. And uh, family can visit anytime. They can go to the crash site. They can go to the impact area. Uh, it's beautiful. The, uh, I, I've been to all three museums, uh, memorials, I should say, and uh, they're all beautiful. But this one is especially moving because you come there and you just can't realize how much work has been done over the past 20 years. Uh, most recently, the uh, what they call the Tower of Voices, the uh, what I'll call the Bell Tower. Um, uh, it's it's just uh, it's it's uh, speechless. They they've planted thousands and thousands of trees in this area that used to be a strip mine. The visitor center is uh, it's, it's wonderful. It's wide open. Uh, it gives you a good feeling of what happened that day. Uh, you mentioned nobody knew what was going on. I certainly didn't know. When I got home, you know, the conversation with my wife was, my God, what happened? Look in New York and, you know, this plane crashed in Pennsylvania and the Pentagon and this and that. And I remember closing, closing my plant that day. Uh, I sent everybody home because uh, in, in those days, uh, you know, we didn't have TVs in every, in every office. We didn't, uh, we didn't have the technology we have today. So we were we were going on rumor, and uh, and we didn't like the rumors. We and so I sent people home. And when I got that phone call that night, it was uh, it was devastating, you know that because I had told my people when I when I closed the plant, I said, listen, we don't know who's going to be involved. You may know somebody, et cetera, et cetera. And it turns out that you know I did know somebody. So Flight 93, the, the families now, the, we, we have the families of Flight 93 National Memorial Group. I think I have the title right. And uh, my son happens to be on the board now, which I'm very, very proud of. Uh, he, he's there because he wants to do everything he can to make sure that not only his son, my grandson, will know what happened there, but... 50 years from now, people will know what happened there and understand it. And I, I must mention that the, the, flight, the families of Flight 93 have instituted an award that's going to be, it's got their first award will be this year. It's called the Heroes of Flight 93 or Hero Award of Flight 93. In fact, the, uh, the winner will be announced on September 9th in Pittsburgh. And my wife and I are going to be there for that. Uh, to meet with my son, who's coming in from Albuquerque, and uh, we'll be there, and then we'll be, we'll be at, in Shanksville on the 10th and the 11th. So it's all about, I'm proud to say that all my grandchildren, well, no, my, uh, yeah, all my grandchildren have been to uh, Shanksville, uh, and they will remain, they will, they will continue to be reminded that uh, what happened, and not forget Never forget. Absolutely, David. Jeff, I'm going to take it from here. You're on mute, Jeff. I am Both off mute. 
the most so, spoken words on, on Zoom. Right, <laughs> in, in, uh, in, I guess just in the theme of never forgetting, I, I, I want to, in saying their names, I want to mention American Airlines Flight 77. Uh, the pilot was Charles Burlingame. His brother, Brad Burlingame, I knew. Uh, he's also since passed. Um, he's West Hollywood Convention and Visitors Bureau president when I knew him. And uh, they were very close and it, it devastated him. And it, it was an experience just seeing this person that I knew professionally because uh, I did a lot with the West Hollywood organizations with, with things like we had a Sunset Strip Times Square Billboard Awards and things like that. So I was constantly working with him and it's very difficult to 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 see and know what he was going through because apparently he and his brother were very close I never met his brother so I don't have a direct connection I just have this third party connection so your direct connection what do you what do you want from people so that we so that we honor with with honor the, the, the sacrifice that your family has gone through, what, what do you want us to do? Well, again, we go back to the never forget. The, the passengers and crew on Flight 93 were just doing their jobs and they were going home or going on a business trip or whatever. They had no idea what was about to happen. And they stepped up. And we need to remember that they were just normal people crew, the passengers, normal. You know, they had different backgrounds. Uh, the one thing that my wife and I have spoken about a number of times is the fact that uh, since we and our family have been going to Shanksville, you know, for years and years and years, we've watched little children grow up that were little when their mother or father or uncle or somebody was, was killed. And uh, the, the group is getting bigger. Uh, you know, there's a, uh, I don't remember his name, but there's a uh, retired army sergeant that I see every time I'm there. And I love talking with him. We recognize each other. Uh, you know, it's, we, we want people to remember. You know, the, these people, the, the, the passengers and the crew were heroes. Uh, they went through a horrible experience as they flew across the country back and forth, especially when they turned around and we're going back. Uh, you know, it, it's, I, I can't even imagine what was going through their minds as they, they hurtled towards Pennsylvania. But we want, we want the country to remember these people. Did they save the Capitol? Very surely they did. Or some other building in Washington, who knows? I mean, because we're, you know, uh, we didn't have real pilots piloting the plane at that time, but there's no question that the plane was coming back. They did what they had to do. They stepped up. People need to remember that. Well, as somebody that was actually in the Capitol when that all went down, I, I uh, certainly will never forget it. And we very much appreciate uh, you being here. Do you want to Tell us where we can find out more information on the uh, the Friends of Flight 93 and give a plug to the post. My post? Yeah. <laughs> uh, 
What was 504 Jackson? I'm a 25 year member, but not of Jackson. I started in uh, Pennsylvania, actually. Uh, just finished my sixth year as commander, and I've relinquished the reins to somebody else. It's Congratulations. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, my wife gave me an ultimatum. <laughs> it's usually harder getting out than it is getting in. Well, now they, I, I'm, I'm looking towards uh, perhaps doing something with the county at some point in time, but uh, the Legion is very important to me. We're a small post, 205 members, but 10 years ago, we had 65 members. We've grown every year, every year, and we, you know, we're having our problems uh, finding younger veterans, but, uh, you know, it's, 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 a, it's a great feeling um, to be involved in the group. We all share our our common background. We all raised our hand at one time and said, yep, do with me as you will. And, you know, people will say, you know, how come you went to Germany? Well, I went to Germany because that's where the army sent me, you know, and they you know, gave me, you know, four nuclear missiles and said, here, make sure you can fire these things if you have to. <laughs> Luckily we never had to, but it was a, a great experience, you know, uh, I look, look back on my military experience. I, as I mentioned in my, my bio, I, ha, I was lucky, and I have to, lucky enough to have a twin career path. Somehow I was working for companies who accepted the fact that I was in the reserves, begrudgingly perhaps, but they did. And I managed to hang on long enough to retire. And as I mentioned also, and I'm very proud of it, uh, you know, my son is now active duty army and he just got promoted to Colonel. And uh, he's going to New Mexico, tomorrow driving out there <laughs> with his jeep and the trailer and uh see what happens in his last assignment but uh strange things happened i never expected him to be a career career person i got nor did he at one point so it's been interesting well, we certainly, oh, go ahead yeah i was just gonna say we we certainly appreciate everything you've done and your family has done and obviously the sacrifice you've made and we no matter how small your post is, anytime you gain by threefold, basically, in however many years, that's that's spectacular. That's what we like to hear. Well, we, we keep on working on it. Of course, I've, I, li I live in a uh, 55 and older community here in Jersey, and I will tell you that we have over 60 members of our post that live here in, in our community, and people accuse me of standing at the front gate with you know <laughs> recruiting information. Not far, not far from the truth. Since <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's keeping uh, me employed and the rest of my uh, co-hosts here uh, on the air, we couldn't appreciate it more. So, oh, and you mentioned you know the Flint, friends of Flight ninety three. They've just taken over the, just changed over the reins here. And this award, the Heroes Award, is uh, this first year they're doing it. Uh, like I said, they're going to be announcing the winner on uh, on the ninth. And the friends are doing nothing but uh, what the Park Service has done uh, over the years, uh, making sure that the, the park is uh, second to none. And I, uh, I, will, I, I will tell everybody who, actually, who listens to this podcast, if you have the opportunity and you're driving through Pennsylvania, make a detour, go look at it. Even if you just drive in, go down to the, go down to the wall and then come back out. You, you're just not going to believe the beauty that's there and this, the, the serenity, the solitude, uh, it's, it's just mind blowing what they've done or what we've done. We've supported it in our small way, uh, but it's just, just, it's great. 
Well, David, we certainly appreciate you uh, spending time with us today. Everyone else, remember to subscribe to Tango Off Lima on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, or wherever you listen to podcasts. And while you're there, review and rate us. If you want to send us feedback, you can comment on YouTube or Facebook, or you can send us an email at tangoalphalima at legion.org. David, thank you so much. Jeff, Ashley, I will talk to you guys soon. Everyone else, we'll see you next week. Bye. Bye.